uh, in the New Testament that in, by appearance, if you look at it from the eyes of Adam, it looks terrible, terrible. But if you view it from the eyes of the Spirit, through the eyes of the Spirit and through the eyes of revelation, see, Spirit always gives us revelation. The only revelation we get is what Holy Spirit reveals to us. Now, the revelations that we get are not new to the Father, they're new to us. It's an, it's an until. We walked in this until revelation came, and now we have grown in it into something greater. So, uh, there are two words, and it's the word force. The word force, used a couple of different ways, but the meaning is the same. Both times in the New Testament, both in Matthew and Luke, this reference to force is the only time in Scripture, only two times in Scripture that this word is used positively. And it has a Greek word that's associated with that, and I want to talk about that this morning. So let's start with Luke 16, 16, reads like this. It says, the law and the prophets were for how long? Everybody say it. The law and the prophets were until. until John. Since then, everybody say since then, which is the subject of what I'm teaching today. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces, forces his way into it. And then in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it reads like this. From the days of John the Baptist... Until now. See, it picks up where Luke leaves off. Are you seeing that? So Luke again, the law and the prophets were until this. And then, now it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, what happened after that, the kingdom of heaven suffers, or suffer, it depends on the version, but in the ESV, suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. The violent Take it by force. In Luke 16, everyone forces their way into it. In Matthew, it is taken by force. These two reference points in the New Testament are the only two times that the word force is used with a positive connotation. And these are that. Now, I want to share with you a few Greek words this morning that I think are appropriate. I'm probably not going to say them exactly right. Uh, one of those I will, only one. The others, um, forgive me now. So in Luke 16, going back there, it says, The law and the prophets were until, and the Greek word for until here is mekriya, mekri. Mekri, 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 call it what you want to, M-E-C-H-R-I. And it means as far as, so let me read it again. The law and the prophets went as far as, in other words, there's an ending point. The law and the prophets went only so far as John, who we pick up in Matthew. Then it says, since then... The good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way. That those three words, everyone forces his or four words, everyone forces his way into. Forces his way into in the Greek is biazetai, which means everyone is being seized by the kingdom of God. Everyone is being seized by the kingdom of God that is being preached. 
That is positive. In other words, the kingdom of God, the influence of the kingdom of God is seizing the attention of everyone that comes underneath of its aura. Everyone who comes within its, its realm of expansion, its voice, its sound, its, its essence, its pneuma. Everyone who comes within that is seized by it. And it's positive. In other words, wherever the kingdom of God is preached... People are captivated by it. When the kingdom of God is preached, people are raptured into it. Not away from it. Into it. Do you hear me this morning? Which leads to this. Where the kingdom of God is not preached, and it's just religion, and regurgitated words and scriptures... No one's caught up in it. No one is seized by it. In fact, they become repelled because of it. I'm tired of hearing that same thing. I don't, that isn't doing anything for me. It's not working in me. But where the kingdom of God is, that's where the breath, the pneuma of God exists. And where the pneuma of God is preached. Where the kingdom of God is preached. Beazetai happens. We are seized by, look at your neighbor and tell them, we are seized when the kingdom of God is preached. Then in Matthew 11, it reads like this. It says, From the days of John the Baptist until, or as far as, the kingdom of he- now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. Again, this violence is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. And the violent, the Greek word for violent being biastai, is to be eager in pursuit. What did I hear? What did I hear? I am being, in Luke, I am being captivated by the kingdom gospel. It's drawing me in. And now I am eager in my pursuit to understand this and allow it to do its complete work in me. But see, keep in mind there's an until moment. You don't become seized living in the law and the prophets. you got to get what I'm telling you right now. The law and the prophets, Luke 16, were until I became seized by the kingdom of God. When the kingdom of God seized me, the law and the prophets, while they did their share and their portion, they are no longer the foundation upon which I stand. I, now my foundation is Christ. Are you getting me this morning? And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent are eager, eager. Is there any eager, are there any eager folks in here today? Are there any eager folks? Anybody eager in here to make a difference? Anybody eager in here to have a different sound in your voice? Anybody eager in here, when you post your posts on Facebook, you don't sound like the guy that lives next door that's never been to church in his life. Do your posts look like people who don't even know God? Re-examine your posts. Be eager. Enter into this thing. What is the truth? Father, I wonder, I'm going to ask a rhetorical question, which means don't answer to me. Don't answer out loud, but answer to yourself. How many have said, what's your word in the middle of this? What are you saying about this? How many... In the church today, we have, 
We have opportunity. We have opportunity to lay hold of an, a moment. And I wonder how many in the church world today, because of the news, if I'm staying home because of the news, I need to ask what I'm eager about. What am I pursuing? But if the Father says stay home, I'm staying home. If I got up this morning and he said, Steve, don't go, I'd have sent all of y'all a message. You can gather if you want to, but I'm not coming. The kingdom, everybody say this, the kingdom is different. And there was a time where you and I, we operate in what we know until we grow. Since I operated in that time, since then, I used to respond like this, but since then, because I was eager to pursue and I'm growing in the kingdom, since then, now this is what I do. I'm not foolish. I don't, I'm not unwise. I'm not dangerous. I'm not weird. I'm full of faith. And faith isn't evident because I stay home or I go to the assembly. Faith is evident because I heard him say something and I said, I believe that word and I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then take by force Greek, biatso. That's the only word I knew I got right. Biatso means when I take it by force, I am take, laying hold of something with positive. It's the only two times this word functions in Scripture. To biatso means I am taking something by force with positive aggression. In other words, I'm not going in to destroy. I'm going in with force to become a part of it. I am going to grow by this thing. And we have to ask ourselves sometimes, how hungry am I? How much? Look around you. How bad do you want it? When you see the testimony in somebody else, how bad do you want it? Do you press into that thing? I'm encouraging you and me today to understand our since then moments. There was a time I would have reacted like this, but since then, I'm doing this. Because I did that until this revelation came. And now that that revelation came, I'm in this moment. So since then, look at the difference. Watch me grow. Watch me grow. Watch me learn. Watch me change. Look at your neighbor. Say, watch me change. Now mean it. Now mean it. Look at him and say, next week, what comes out of me will be different than what's been coming out of me up until now. Now say, since then, I'm becoming this. Mm-hmm. I thought this week when I was preparing for this, and I'm going to come back to this part and take my force in a second. But I thought this week, I've listened to so many people. I've listened to like you have. You don't have a choice. If you turn on your radio, you turn on the television, you have no choice. 
but to hear the different people that are being interviewed. And there are some leaders I just I'm, I admire, and I'm so thankful for their uh, tenacity and their biazzo, their laying hold with positive aggressiveness. We're going to make a difference in this way. Whatever it is, I love that. But I've also witnessed that there and come to realize, not that I didn't know it before, but I think a light was shined on it this week. And I don't know what kind of person you are, only you will be able to decide this. But there are those who find joy in the middle of the confusion of any crisis. Actually, what I mean, and what I mean by that is they find joy in the middle of any crisis. They're not looking for a way out of it. They're not looking for an answer to it. They just enjoy being in it. So they talk about it. Man, this is going on, and man, this is my lifetime, and this is, and they talk about it. But there's no indication, how do we lead out of this thing? How do we, why, what do we do different in this thing? They just, they, they just enjoy the confusion, the Babylon of the crisis. They enjoy the moment of being in it. Man, we're in this thing, and, and you know, and, and everywhere they go, they're just talking about it. Man, this COVID-19, this coronavirus, this all this is going on, because this is world news today. And they enjoy... Being in the middle, they find joy in being in the middle of the confusion of the crisis. They just, and the longer it lasts, oh, this is so awesome. Man, I'm going to put this in my journal and my generations after me are going to, and they love that. And then others find joy in leading people out. Others find joy in leading people out of the crisis. Holy Spirit asked me something this week that I shared with a couple of my pastor friends that um, um, I felt I needed to share with them. And they were sharing with me what they were doing and their position and what they had, how they had responded to their situation. And, and I love them and, and they got to do what they believe is right for their house and I respect that. But I shared with, both, with two of them, uh, I said to them, I said, Holy Spirit asked me something this week. And I said, I just want to share that with you. And when he asked me that, that's when I knew I need, not that that's when I knew, but that's when I began to look at COVID-19 very differently. And Holy Spirit asked me, he said, do you want to lead or do you want to follow? What do you want to do? Do you want to lead in this crisis or do you want to follow? Because if you follow, there's no opportunity for demonstration. Because anytime you're behind the leader, you're dependent upon the leader to show you what to do. And then everything behind that follows suit. You understand? It's like the dominoes. You stack them up. All you do, there's a lead domino. You hit that lead domino, every domino after it's coming down. And most of the dominoes behind the lead domino don't even know why they're coming down. All they know is the guy in front of them fell over and hit them. That guy got sick, he hit me. I got sick, he hit me. That guy got sick, I, he, 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 you know, yada, 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 yada. And Holy Spirit said, Steve, what do you want to do? Do you want to lead or do you want to follow? And I said, I want to lead. And he said, and this is what you're going to do. He says, you're not going to pay attention to what they're saying on the news. It's irrelevant. And you're going to lead until your ability to lead, it will never be eliminated by the Spirit. Never. I'll always lead by the Spirit. But he said, you lead in the natural until the law requires you to subject to Caesar what is Caesar's. You keep going until you do not have the authority to lead in that space. There was a time 
like all of you, when things would come up, I walked in fear. When something would come up, fear would grip me. I would be afraid. And there are times even now, there are some times that I have to check myself when something comes up, especially anytime it relates to the family or whatever. It could be family, it could be finance, it could be anything. If we're all real, there are moments that creep up on us and suddenly we realize, man, that was, I feel fear. But that isn't our provision. And when fear comes up, I, I encourage you today, ask yourself every time it comes up, did Holy Spirit breathe into you a willingness to lead or a willingness to follow? And if you have opportunity to lead in the fear, lead. But I walked in fear until I learned to walk in faith. With so many areas of my life, when I first came into the kingdom of God and I first became a believer and I first began to try to sort it out and understand, and I didn't understand hardly anything. I didn't get it. I didn't understand. What, how, do you, how do you use faith? What, faith is like a weird term because it didn't make sense to me. And there's probably people listening to me right now online, maybe in this room, that it's the same thing. That you, that's Greek to me. I don't get faith. But there was a time that I walked in fear because there was no presence of faith. Because I hadn't made room for faith. I had gotten comfortable being fearful. Until Holy Spirit began to cause me to see and cause me to begin to walk. And I began to see Him do things on my behalf that, that it wouldn't have happened outside of the hand of God. And my faith began to increase. But I had to believe the first time. I had to find myself trusting Him in the smallest thing until I could trust in a bigger thing, until I could trust in the bigger, until I could trust in the bigger thing. Right. And every time I trusted and every time He fulfilled it, I began to learn how to lead better and better and better and better. In, in the beginning, I led still with a little bit of fear. When we first started the Rock of Central Florida, there was some leadership with fear associated. I'm going to lead this house, but I'm afraid nobody's coming. Until I got to the point, I'm going to lead this house, whether they come or not. I'm going to lead. And as we begin to grow, I, you need to understand, there's a time you walk in faith, or you, or you walk in fear, and you might walk in a little bit of doubt, or you might walk in a little bit of confusion. No condemnation this morning. There's no condemnation. I'm not saying, oh, grow up. And yet at the same time, I'm saying, give opportunity to be grown up. To be grown up. To allow the spirit and the revelation of, uh, of the kingdom of God to come to you and cause you to begin to see so that you can come to a place where you can say, I was that, but since then I've become this. Amen. I was there. I want everybody in this room to be able to look back at a moment in your life, a, a moment not so long ago, where you can say, that's what I acted like then, but since then, this is what I've become. And I've become that because I'm receiving teaching. I'm receiving the word. I'm allowing Holy Spirit to show me those things and expose those things in me that have become weak. And then there was a time, too, that I got lost in the crowd. And when I say lost, I'm talking about a time when I had no faith and I was lawless. I got lost, not lost. I was lost in the sense I was without God. I was without Christ. I had no relationship with Him. I was lost in the crowd because I was lawless and because I didn't know how to use faith. I might have had a measure of faith, but I didn't know in what box it was in. I, there was not a closet in me. I knew to open to find it. 
But I was lost in the crowd because I was lawless, because I wanted to do my own thing, and because I didn't want to come under any authority. I didn't, I didn't like the word authority. Every, let me just say it this way. I didn't like the word authority. I wanted to be my own man. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to do, write my own rules. I didn't, want, I didn't like the idea of being subject to anybody over me and, and accepting. And, 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 and I was lost in that. And that kept me suppressed without the ability to be able to grow up. Because until we come under the authority of another, we really never draw from them. They really will never have the ability to speak into us in a way that we can change it. How many times, and all of us have done it, how many times has someone said something to you or taught you a valuable lesson and you acted like it had no importance? Because by acting like it had no importance, you didn't give that person, you were bent on making sure they had no satisfaction in knowing that somehow you needed them. Do you hear me in here this morning? And I functioned that way for a long time. But since then, since then, as I become, became more and more aware, I need people in my life that are over me, that are authority, have, a, have the authority. When I say authority, I'm not talking about your ruler. I'm talking about people who have the authority to speak truth to you. I'm not talking about authority like, I am the king, you are my subject. I'm talking about authority, I have authority to speak truth to you. I don't want to be your king, I don't want you to be my subject, but I want to be able to exercise the authority to help you get from here to there, so that you have a since then and an until moment. And when I begin to realize and begin to understand, having people in my life that I appreciate and that I can say you have the authority speak truth to me you're not going to tell me what car to drive you're not going to tell me none of that but but you you have the authority to when I begin to realize I begin to grow and I was a lawless man and lost in the crowd I didn't make a difference I there was no difference and this is not what the kingdom of God is we are not called to be believers so that we get lost in the crowd right now what the world doesn't need to see is believers lost in the crowd and when they walk in a room and they're dividing the people up that you ought to be you ought to stick out like a sore thumb where it, 20 people are shaking they ought to be able to come to the one who is sturdy with their shoulder back their head up not worried about what's coming. Do you hear me today? And see, receiving authority, receiving a voice of truth in my life helped me get from that lost kid, that lost young man. I wasn't a kid, I was a young man. That lost young man helped me get from there to becoming today a man who knows how to lead the crowd. I can lead. Do you know why I can lead? I don't lead because I have an iron fist. I don't lead because I have a sharp sword. I don't lead because of any of that. I lead because people look to me for leadership. I only have the authority to lead where people will receive my leadership. And my leadership has been received because through time, there was a time I was like this, but since then, I've become this. Since then, I've allowed the Holy Spirit to begin to develop me and to grow me in the same way that He's developing you and growing you. You lead in your sphere. You lead in your moment. You lead in your place. 
because people, Mahela shared a story with us this morning. Uh, some, I won't give all the details, but she shared, she's the three C's in her job. Her ability to see. They didn't, that wasn't their interpretation, but the kingdom interpretation. When everyone else was shaken and quaking, Mahela was seeing. And they positioned her and they acknowledged how she has taken a position and how she has stood in the middle of all that's going on. What a testimony. You, she is leading, leading. She has become an authority. Though she's not their boss, but she is an authority. Are you hearing me today? Know who you are. You were once lost, but since then... If you seize the gospel of the kingdom, the truth of who you are, you have become an authority. You have become a voice of hope and opportunity. Do you hear me today? At one time you were here, but since then, you should be able to draw a line and say, Ooh, since then, I am this. Jordan? You ought to be able to look right now on the timeline that is imprinted in the middle of your mind. And you ought to be able to look at that timeline right now and pinpoint a moment in your life and then be able to follow that up. When you see that in front of your eyes, you can see it and say, oh, but since then. And then you see another moment where then there was uncertainty. But since then, whoo, there is certainty. Since then, not the same man. Priscilla, you ought to see that moment. But since then, I have authority. So what do we do? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, it suffers an appeal, it suffers a pressing in by those who hunger to become more. Are we those people? Are we those people? Yes. So, while I pray for the nations, while I pray for people that we will never meet during this time, and I lift my voice over them. I lift my voice over them because I have the authority to do it. And so do you. I'm going to tell you, you'll know what kind of authority you have when you respond to somebody who tells you how afraid they are. If your response is, oh, I know, it's terrible. I can't even believe it. What are we going to do? If your response is that, you need to find out where your authority is. Because in the moment, you don't have any. But when someone comes up to you and says, oh my gosh, did you, did you hear the latest news? I mean, uh, 8,000 people dying. I mean, yada, yada, yada. They're not talking about the living. They're talking about the dying. Because that's what Babylon does. And your response is, oh, I know. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to get toilet paper? The rock. You're going to get it at the rock. You just took authority over the moment. You just took authority over the moment. What about food? We're starving. We don't have any food. What are we going to do? We, we can't, we, we've lost our job. What are we going to do? What do you need? What, what do you mean, what do I need? Well, I said, what do you need? 
uh, well, I need whatever. We're going to get an answer for that. You just took authority over the moment. Until that moment, you were this, but since then, you become authority. You become a voice of life, a voice of truth, a demonstration, because you are engaging and embracing the truth. Do you hear me today? You're a voice of authority. Use it well this week. Make a difference. Don't engage in those conversations. Don't become a part of those conversations that are naysaying. And please, do not post on Facebook. Don't come into agreement with MSNBC or Fox News or CNN. Don't come into agreement with them. Oh, Lord, all of this is going... Oh, now it's in Sanford. Who cares? It is. But a voice of authority says, let me tell you how to respond to this. Make your posts different today. And then make sure when you make them different, you let them know the Rock of Central Florida is here for you. And the Rock of Central Florida has faith for you. Maybe I should review your post before you put that in. (laughs) Do you hear me today? This is where we are. I just reached 20 minutes. On my clock. My clock started 20 minutes ago. Stand with me if you would, please. Yes. I agree. Because the companies that were started during the Great Depression are the companies that we started. That's exactly right. That's right. That that right there, Kevin, that is that is authority. That is knowing my authority. So in the middle of all of this, while everything else is shutting down, I'm still creative. I'm still a son of God. I'm still a daughter of God. I'm still empowered. I'm still enabled. I still, listen, I'm going to tell you, if the bird isn't worried about where they're going to eat. Do you hear me today? You have authority. Be creative. Be creative in the middle of all of it. Nobody, we're not going to live a day where this thing doesn't touch us somehow. Kevin, come, let's bump elbows. We're not going to live a day where this thing doesn't touch every single one of us. I love the smell of that. We're not, I just want to put some right here and kiss my wife. We are not going to live a day where this thing doesn't touch us. It's going to, we've already been touched by it. The difference is how we respond to it. Am I going to use authority? Am I going to take my opportunity to exercise some authority here? Not own somebody, but be a voice of truth, a voice of life. Please think about what you're saying, what you're posting, what you're doing before you do it. Let may it, Holy Spirit, Father, today, I'm, honey, join me. 
Today, I am joining with my wife and this people, and I'm lifting my voice. Let us seize the moments that you put before us. Let us recognize them. We are not going to respond religiously. We're not going to respond Adamically. We are going to respond kingdomly. We are going to respond by word and by spirit as the pneuma of God shares with us how to respond. We are going to stand. Our heads are up. Our shoulders are back. We know that we are sons. We know that we are daughters. We're not ashamed of who we are. And we're going to demonstrate it. We're not stupid faith. We are of faith. We are not stupid sons. We are your sons. And Father, I thank you today that by your word and by your spirit today, we recognize that this moment did not catch you by surprise. Help us not act like it's caught us by surprise. Help us operate in this in such a way that you get the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I bless you today.